Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Audio Roulette Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that you can hear somebody review two whole albums and not really know what they're talking about on both the albums and then start ranting about Disney. Uh, last week, I said I was going to be discussing the entire history of the band Issues, which I was super excited about, but some surprise happened, and this week's episode is going to be on an interview for Brooks, the album by Jason, after he reached out to me. So, Jason, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here, first of all. And, uh, yeah, why don't you uh, give a little backstory for uh, how you ended up coming into the rap and what went into you deciding to do Brooks? What was uh, your whole, how did you come into the whole rap community? Um, so I started rapping, I'm going to say about five years ago now, crazy how much time has passed. I was, you know, just in high school with my friends. Um, I had just discovered logic. And so I really liked a lot of the stuff that he had to say. I went back and listened to under pressure and one of those things that I just had on repeat, kept listening over and over and over and over again. And, um, but one of the things that I found to be really awesome about that was that a lot of the story that he was telling was something that hit home with me because um we share a very similar life story um mom on drugs dad dad not really around and you know things like that that made me want to express my my life and my feelings and my emotions through music as well so i met my friend who is my producer and we were at church together and I was like, yo, I want to make a song. And he had been making beats for like two weeks and <laughs> I didn't know anything about writing lyrics. Um, but, you know, a week passes and I have written my first full rap. And so we went and we recorded it in a church closet. It was the most garbage record I've <laughs> ever made. And I play it all the time. And then I like follow it up by like my newest song just so I can always like hear the constant growth. It's a big motivational thing for me. Um, but so, yeah, that happened. And, you know, just over the next three years, I was operating under the name uh, AJ. And, and so I wanted to be this, like, super positive, motivational, happy rapper. And, you know, that uh, that niche was actually kind of working for me for a while. I was getting a lot of Rapzilla coverage. There was a lot of talk about me potentially becoming a freshman after I released another project. Um, but it came down to a point where I like went back and listened to everything that I was making and it was just not me. There was not enough of Jason Brooks in the project. There was no real, oomph. there was no story there. And so I talked to all of the guys in my group chat, uh, Josiah, all the guys from Panda Cafe, uh, which was our collective at the time. And we're like, all right, it's time for a rebrand. Who do we want? Jason is a real person is more about this like darker more emotional storytelling um is more versatile when it comes to music uh, a, a lot of the tracks on brooks are different from each other for that reason um and so once we changed my name to jason brooks has been in the planning since pay for the view came out we always knew that that was going to be the first project to come out and so we kind of started brainstorming from that point what we knew we wanted for it and um so we wanted to tell as much of my life story as we could within 
25 minutes and so we cut it down to 21 there's a couple tracks that didn't make the cut will probably get released at a later date um so yeah brooks is just something that has been in the making for a lot longer than even i know just like because of my life story just happening and um that's really what it is it's just a uh reimagining of me dang dude i think it's a uh... I think it's funny that you say that your buddy had made beats for like two weeks when you guys were like, all right, we're going to do this. Cause that's like the exact same story about like how I even started rapping, releasing anything. Uh, my debut rap song journal was made just like that. I told my buddy who had made on FL, he had the free version and he was working on it on like his tower and you can't reopen a beat in FL trial. Right. Yeah. So he kept it open for like three weeks working on a different beat for a different friend. And the friend was like, yeah, I don't want to rap to this anymore. And he's like, are you kidding me? I stayed up for like 18 hours, multiple days doing this and you didn't want to. But I told him, I was like, Hey, why don't you make me a post Malone type beat? I want to kind of see if I can do anything with it. He's like, Oh, okay. And then <laughs> it ended up being journal. So it's, it's crazy how it kind of clicks into place with that. And it sounds like that happened with y'all just, sitting in a church closet like all right i'm gonna work on this it's gonna be amazing right right um and so that you know it was like the same thing um but my producer started on some like weird german software is called magic (laughs) and we've never seen anything else on it like since the time that since the time that he used it i have not seen anything else on it haven't seen any press or anything like that and then he went from that to the free version of fl so that was an upgrade for us (laughs) and so like he would just like make a beat and if we didn't like it he would scrap it and then start over in the same in the same project file oh man it was that was a time and you know it's crazy because he didn't get the full version of fl until a year ago damn so everything was just made in free fl yeah and it's how, crazy how, how much get stuff... everything to sound good. How was he able to make everything not sound so stock? <laughs> um, we have a lot of friends in a lot of good places that kind of teach us a little bit about, you know, how we're supposed to mix things, how we're supposed to put a, so basically think about it this way. So you know how you can get like different drum kits that like producers put out and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, all of those start off as stock. Like they're all made from stock plugins and those different things. You can't make a drum kit, your own drum kit, without editing the stock ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just kind of learned how to make different sounds, different reverb effects, all sorts of different things that would make the beats kind of unique. Because um, I definitely want to say that Reed's uh, production all has a very specific you know flow to it vibe to it mm-hmm. um so it's yeah it's it's a matter of trial and error i should i would say is he uh is he the one that has the signature kind of like guitar licks and stuff that i hear on the album was that a lot uh-huh. of okay because i recognized it from uh toxic by josiah as well i recognize the kind of feel they kind of had with the guitar stuff and i think he produced that one as well which yep if he was able to start on a trial version and release like bangers before this, I can't even imagine. Well, I mean, I can hear it now that he can do a ton with it. 
So uh, on Brooks, the very first, the title track off of the album, uh, you have a beginning part where it's kind of talking about, um, you know, you're not going to be anything. Nobody's going to remember. Was that taken from words that people had said and you just like recorded yourself saying it? Or was that like a specific instance that you had like a recording of that you wanted to put into the no as like the first part that people hear of the album you know it's crazy um i actually did have i have i compile a lot of things that i get from people for those purposes <laughs> um but i wanted it to be something that was like a culmination of everything that's been said to me and so i kind of brought it all together in that one piece and recorded it myself on that on that well, it sounds it sounds almost like somebody just like sent you it, like the way you like put like this apathy and just judgment into it. It sounded amazing. I remember uh, I was listening to it. I've been listening to it for like the past hour, just like listening and being like, okay, what questions am I going to ask for? And that was <laughs> one that kept sticking out to me. I was like, dude, he must have like pissed somebody off <laughs> to get this. <laughs> it was like right at the back, going straight for the throat with it. And I was like damn okay that uh <laughs> what did well you do? yeah and so exactly dude and i almost had josiah do it i almost had josiah send me that message dude, he's the um, nicest dude ever it would not have fit at all he's not, uh he can be he can be mean if you if you make him Ooh. oh yeah remind me not to get on his bad side <laughs> i haven't done it yet but i've seen it oh that Oh, uh, when the nice people get mad, that's when you know something's wrong. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. So on Brooks, uh, after listening to it, I remembered um, in the podcast I had said "Block Me Back" was the one about you growing up African American, which I don't know why I said that because I knew "Witches" was the one I was talking about, but I ended up saying it. But though uh, the "Block Me Back" song. Uh, listening to it especially today listening to it man that stuff the story that you and uh what was it uh Cine, right it was mm -hmm. yeah the story that you guys ended up portraying in that um that i can tell is from experience like that hits hard man i mean i think for a lot of people that may be coming into your music for the first time uh i think a lot of people will end up relating to that uh, what was the backstory behind that song? Because I know just listening to it, I could be like, oh, because I have an ex myself that I'm like, you know, why don't you just block me? You know, I'm like kind of mm -hmm. doing all these steps to get away from it, but you're still not doing the same thing, which is a weird thing because, you know, like 20 years ago, that wasn't an issue. It was just like, oh, yeah, bye, see you. You've scratched them out of your address book and then never tried not right. to ever see them again. Now it's a whole new wave, and I think you – captured that feeling really well without it being just like oh millennials are stuck to their phone kind of more of like a these are the modern times what was the story and what was the major inspiration behind that song for you um so so block me back is kind of something that that was made over over you know over time but it was about my ex who i had been together with for four years on and off and you know at the end of the day regardless of all of our arguments i viewed her as the person i was probably going to spend my life with um you know like i in the past i was a player like i i got around and so i had finally met this girl who 
I just thought was absolutely perfect. Um, and, you know, just so much drama ended up ensuing, but, and it would be so toxic for us. It would be screaming, telling each other to go to hell and, you know, just all of this garbage and anybody, literally anybody viewing the situation from the outside would know, like they need to get away from each other. They need to be away. And this is so toxic. It's so, so bad. And we would, we would hit that point where we're like, okay, you know what? Yeah, we do need to, we do need this time away from each other and space away from each other. And then we would always find our way back talking to each other again. until we're just like, is this how it's going to be? Is this how our relationship is? Um, and then we got into, into a final argument that, you know, just kind of led to me realizing that, you know, like when we break up, this has to be the last time we can't keep doing this to each other. It's just deteriorating, deteriorating our mental health. Um, and so I blocked her number and I unblocked it a couple weeks later to see if I had gotten any messages. I did. So I sent a message back and I was like, I need you to block me back. Um, this is for you. This is for me. And that's how it has to be. That's a bar, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, that's, that's really just the spirit of that past relationship. Wow. Yeah. That, yeah, I remember uh I remember one of my exes uh she dumped me um and like I didn't delete her number at the time. I was like, okay. And I just kind of avoided it. And it was like a week later when she had sent me a message and was like, "Oh, we should get back together." And I was like, "Oh, hell no. We ain't doing this." And I like blocked her immediately with it. And that song just, you know, captures all of that. Like no matter the time or space that you're in it just for me that really captured a lot of that feeling that you have where you're just kind of like you're at a point where you're wanting to move on but also a little bit holding on a little bit and thinking like oh what if we hadn't done this you know if we had just you know stayed friends you know and then it kind of goes back into it and then you're having to fight with a person that's like okay no we need to stop but you're not listening to it i think I can, I can go on and on and go in circles with it, but I think you capture that beautifully, and it's a really solid song explaining all that. And it's catchy as hell, too. Like, it's just really, really catchy <laughs> on the album. I, I think that that was my goal for all of the songs that had, like, a lot of harmonies in them, uh, just because I wanted people to, like, go back and listen to them and then just, like, be, like, hanging out midway through the day, and all of a sudden they, like, get this... They start hearing it, mm, block me back, and so I just wanted it to be something that would eventually get stuck in people's heads, um, just to like kind of remind them throughout the day that you know if something's not good for you, then you need to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And so making things catchy, I think, was a was very important to me for this record. And you did that on a few songs of it. I know uh, XOXO. Uh, which one we have to talk about that because that impressed the hell out of me, but like XOXO, Cloud Nine, uh, Block Me Back, uh, I'm trying to think, what was the other one? Promise too. Promise was a really good one. I could definitely tell that they were a lot more catchier songs that you know had a lot more of a radio friendly feel 
than right. like Brooks or Witches or Feel My Voice, which were just, you know, for me, I'd want to hear those on the radio, you know, drive down and then, oh, crap, let me bump my stereo up to like 50 and blow my speakers out driving with the windows down to this. It had a much more uh, catchy feel. And was it different for you writing stuff that was more, I guess, melodic instead of just, you know, bar after bar after bar? Was it a little different? Was it a little off having to work on something that was maybe a little bit more pop friendly? Um, yeah, certainly. Um, I, well, I don't know if I want to say that it was more difficult. I honestly think writing pop music is a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like, I can't fully say why, but I, I feel more in my pocket. And to be honest with you, XOXO had no lyrics written when I recorded it. Yeah. That's what impressed um, me when I, when and, you told me that it impressed the hell out of me that there was nothing written that you were just like, Oh, I'm just going to feel it. Right. And so the only thing that I needed for that, I, I, I literally I took a shot and then I was like, all right, now we're just going to go into the mic. We're going to sing some things, see how they sound. And that's like kind of what I've adopted Um, anytime that I'm recording songs now that have these melodies with them. The, the first priority is just like finding what sounds right, finding the flow to it and then putting words in after I found it uh, in my reference. So that was, yeah, I think writing XOXO after the fact was, it was the toughest part because I had to go back and listen to, listen to, um, listen to the song and actually figure out what the heck I was saying. I, uh... But it was, it was a lot of fun to do those. No, I feel I feel the having to go back and write. There's one song of mine that I refuse to. Uh, I'm having a really hard time going back because I've got to write it all out. But uh, one of my songs, the whole like minute and a half left of the song, it was supposed to only be a first take kind of like tester one, like a reference point. Like, okay, this sounds good. I'll re-record it later. Ended up being the right. full version, but like the final minute and a half was just nothing but freestyle. And I'm like, yeah, I don't. At points, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm like, I don't even want to try to dissect that. I'm just like, eh, I'll just let it you yeah, go. It can get difficult for sure. Uh, so you had said that um, you are in the audio that you sent me that you're trying to figure out the balance of being a CHA, CHH rapper and just like who you are. Uh, I'm still fairly new to the rap scene with it. What exactly is uh, the CHH? So CHH is Christian hip hop and that's where I got my start. So I started making music. I just kind of found my way into a circle of a bunch of, a bunch of Christian rap artists. And um, so I think I should have elaborated more on that. My, the, the balance that I'm trying to find is like my, my primary fan base are all Christian. Which is great. So am I. My thing is that I don't make Christian music. And so. Or I don't make worship rap, I guess. So it's not like I talk about more. Like I would still brand myself as a Christian hip hop artist, but I talk about more things that aren't centered around faith and they're not centered around God. And so. My thing is that, you know, as my songs start to touch on more and more 
deep topics and start to get a little explicit and, you know, this and that, that's more of the balance that I'm talking about trying to figure out is like, what should I say? What should I not say? Um, how do I stay inside of this realm that I'm already in while being able to branch out at the same time? Because obviously I would love to make it into the mainstream. I think that's the goal for any artist really. Cause like that's where, that's where you're really going to get yourself success. Um, so figuring that out is more, is more what I, what I am talking about. Cause it gets difficult. Yeah. I know as a Christian myself, it's kind of a weird balance. Um, up until the release of my song burning, uh, I was like, no cussing at all in songs, not saying explicit anything. And then that song was just like, boom, uh, here's an explicit, uh, explicit laden track, you know? And it kind of shocked a lot of people when I did that and even myself with it, how do you like when you put explicits in your song? Cause I know like witches, uh, you and Lael say, uh, like the N word. And then a couple of the, uh, previews you let me hear at the end of the, uh, audio you sent me, uh, had a couple explicit uh, expletives in them. How do you, how does that, when it comes to your writing, how does that make you feel? Do you feel like you copped out almost or, do you feel like I'm just going with what I feel at the moment? Um, so it's definitely more of an emotion-based thing for me. Um, so I struggle a lot with it because I want Jason as an artist to be Jason in real life. Like, I want them to be synonymous with each other. And so in real life, I curse like a sailor. I curse all the time. <laughs> um, like, I, it's just like, that's just for me. Um, but I don't want to do that in my songs right now. Or I try not to do it in my songs because I know that my listener base is younger than me. You know, there are people that are listening. These are kids that are listening to my music with their parents in the car. They're sharing it with their friends. They're listening to it at church. They're playing it at, you know, like whatever events that they're doing. And I want to make sure that it's able to remain in that environment, or at least some of it is able to remain in that environment. Yeah. Um, And so it's like a big image thing for me since it's so frowned upon, which sucks because I think it's like a man-made thing. But, you know, we're not we're not here to talk about my my views on what cursing is. But I completely like it's it's 100 percent emotion based for me. And so if I'm feeling it, I'm going to say it. And so at the end of the day, there's inevitably a song that's going to be re released that has a lot of cursing in it or not a lot, but, you know, a substantial amount. Yeah. And even when you listen, even when you listen to Cloud Nine, Josiah curses and it's just a little bit it's blurred out just a little bit so it's kind of hard to tell no i i caught it immediately <laughs> i was like whoa josiah hello but yeah yeah I, I was surprised when he sent that to me he was the last person i expected to do that yeah especially with the whole um like really big image that he puts out of just like everything is to the glory of god in that sense which is nothing wrong with that but it was a shock to me i was like oh huh Okay, because I think the only song was Heart, Scarred Heart or whatever off of, like, his second album, 
where he said like damn three times in a row and it was talking about a girl and then that yep, was like it. I remember that. Yeah. I'm so I will say I completely agree with you. I think the cussing thing's a whole man made thing, so you ain't gonna segregate me from being like, Oh my god, you dirty cusser, <laughs> how dare you? Can't believe you do that. It's it's the same thing. I know a lot of people, um, especially when it comes to stepping into you know, as a Christian and then you step into a world where it's like, Okay, I'm gonna say I'm a Christian thing, you get put with a lot of restrictions on what you can say. Not even by like, you know, like right. labels or whatever. You're put into this restriction by the fans. The fan base is just so judgmental on a lot of that stuff and they hold it to a higher standard with it. I know that, um, what is it? The rock band Chevelle, they were, you know, they didn't cuss or anything. They were just like, and their lyrics were kind of, you know, talking about their faith with God, whatever. And they started selling in, uh, like Mardell's and stuff like their album started selling. And so their mm-hmm. next album, they had like three songs that were like really explicit. And everybody's like, why did you do that? You, you were a Christian. They're like, we never said that y'all put us in a box. So we made sure that you guys couldn't do that to us again. So I totally right. feel that pain. It is it just, I can't imagine, especially coming from, you know, like AJ where you were a CHH artist. I'm sure it's hard to brand who you want to be. And sometimes that's hard for people to comprehend. I'm sure you've even gotten messages or whatever, where it's hard for people to comprehend a new version where you're like okay this is me this is all of my thoughts this is how i release is it i bet it's hard for you in that same sense as well just to break like a barrier between you know separating the artist from the music making the music and the artist synonymous like just in perfect symbiosis um it's not as difficult as people may seem or may think it seems uh for me it's a little bit easier because i completely wiped my discography um well not really wiped i created an entirely new artist and so it got marketed as a new artist and so like when i was leaving the collective as panda of panda cafe they were like making this like super big deal of aj isn't like with our morals aj like is not a good artist blah 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 and so we started this we fabricated this beat to make this like just super crazy and so aj gets kicked out and then there's like three weeks of media silence um from the panda cafe page aj's page gets is like everything is gone and then they started teasing a new artist and everybody is like, wait, why did you get kicked from Panda Cafe? Like, what, what? Um, and I would, my answer would always be like, our morals didn't line up. You know, like we weren't a right fit. And then um, time comes for Jason to be announced and AJ's profile is like completely gone. Can't find it anymore. And it's like now Jason music and people have seen this and they're like, I'm already following it, but they didn't even recognize that it was me rebranding for like a month. Um, and so like this first post is enter Jason and everybody's like, Oh, okay. but um, so for me, rebranding was actually really easy. And 
I was immediately ready to drop more music after the rebrand. So that, that helped my case a lot. Rapzilla was like on top of it, like the second it released um, and posted it. So from that standpoint, I think being able to switch is a lot, you know, it's what the artist makes it, I will say. You know, it can be hard. It can be easy. It's about the way you choose to go about it. Yeah. So you're, uh, so you said that this whole thing, was it, uh, you said it was a fabricated kind of beef, you know, over-exaggerated, all that stuff for the rebranding. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so even that had been planned for months. Yeah. Okay. So was it easier with coming to Jason? Cause like naturally you have all the same amount of followers and stuff, just kind of pages remade or whatever. Was it easy to jump right in and be, did it open up a lot more opportunities when you switched over to Jason for like, you know, collabs and stuff like that? Um, I think it needed a little bit. Of, I think it did, but it wasn't one of those things that I immediately noticed. Um, I had to like build my following back up, um, my listener base back up. I kind of had to transfer them from AJ and bring them to Jason. Um, and so like, I think once I got that handled, people were more like, okay, let's work. You know, I have a lot of people that there are restaurants that are playing my music now, which is kind of cool. Whoa. Um, really? Yeah. Oh, that's dope. Um, so, yeah, it's, I don't know. It, it was, it definitely made working with people easier in a sense. But, you know, it's never, it's never that simple to get somebody to, like, want to jump on your song or want to get artwork from you you just kind of you have to continue to sell yourself and network yourself consistently if you want to be able to see that growth yeah i i have no idea how to do any of that i just kind of add hashtags and then go okay we're good and then try my best to do that so i'm sure it was a i'm sure it still is a drink because you uh you've got a few hundred listeners on uh spotify and stuff and i know you got a good following of people on instagram so i'm sure that took a lot of work lots of time especially in the last year to boost that up for a major release well you know i kind of i was on the i was on the ledge about releasing it um or about releasing the project because i started a new marketing strategy um trying to build up my followers and so from like in the last week or yeah, in the last, last week I've gone from 530 followers to 644 followers. Um, and so I'm still like working on this plan to build up my following. So I wanted to wait until I got a bigger following to release the project. So I would have more to promote uh, or more reach when I promoted. I'm not too angry about, you know, the, the outcome of it. At the end of the day, Brooks had seven, has had 7,000 streams since it came out which is great damn yeah um so my monthly listeners haven't adjusted yet you know but it does take a lot of time to build up a following it takes a lot of time and a lot more effort than people think um 
you know, you do have to, you have to follow people. You have to reach out to them, send them DMs, interact with them, build somebody, like build a relationship with somebody and then make them a fan of you as a person, not your music. Well, how do and you so, go about that without seeming kind of spammy? Cause I mean, I've seen, like, I know just on the post that you made, like right before this, you already had somebody being like, cool artwork hit me up for artwork emoji emoji emoji. bro it's immediate every time if you it's it only happens when you use hashtags but you kind of need hashtags to hit the explore page Mm -hmm. um so i go through and I, i delete those comments but you don't need to spam those are people who have bought um that look for the first hashtag that they see and they just like the second that sees that hashtag it comment um so i don't like i don't like the idea of using bot when i was younger i would have um just to make myself look cooler but that none of that stuff is real those people are not they don't translate to real life listeners real life followers not somebody who's going to buy your merch it's a robot and an algorithm um and so i uh, i strayed away from all of that fake stuff um and so i'd much rather have 640 followers that actually like what i'm doing than a bunch of fake followers that don't interact and they just give me a fake like no i feel that so how do you go about um growing it what is this uh follower plan that you have how do you go about making it with a genuine connection with the people that you're uh promoting to how do you go about this man you're out here trying to get my secrets from me Oh. Dang. Yeah, dude, I'm this <laughs> disclaimer, this entire thing is a ploy to get Jason's marketing strategy. I will topple what you have made. <laughs> no, it's a it's okay. Um so you know, it's a lot of really just simple stuff that people overlook. Um what you want to do is, you know, you go in um are you familiar with Mikey J? I've heard of him. I'm not very familiar with them, though. Okay. Um, well, he and I have a record coming out at some point soon. Um, but wait, Mikey J. What I wanted to release like the Danny Phantom song recently. No, that was next. Mike. He released that last okay. night. Yeah. Um, I that that looping visual that he has on his story and on Spotify. I made that. Um, <laughs> little brag, little brag there. Yeah, subtle flex. Um, but yeah, so say Mikey and I are releasing a song. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go to Mikey's most recent post. I'm gonna look at I'm gonna go into the people who've liked his post and people who've commented on his post. And I'm going to follow those people because those are the people who are going to have the highest likelihood of interacting with my post if we if they follow me. Mm-hmm. And when they follow me back, if they follow me back, I send them a message, I reach out, and I introduce myself, and I ask them to tell me a little bit about themselves. Um, and so it definitely does not have, it has the highest success rate out of all Instagram marketing that you can really do, even when it comes to doing Instagram ads. Um, never pay for an Instagram ad. Never. Um, no um if you're gonna do an ad use facebook ads because Mm -hmm. it'll translate to instagram as well later um but yeah so just 
having that real dialogue and actual conversations with them is the best thing that you can do. And it doesn't, it makes the artist feel real too. Like at the end of the day, the artist isn't sitting here like, Oh, I'm just using this conversation to get a follow out of you. Um, but the artist ends up feeling fulfilled as well because you're like building a real relationship with a person you're interacting with somebody and you know, you're just, it's real. I would say it's a lot of work, but I mean, you just did something simple for me and all of a sudden now you got a huge ass fan. So it does work. <laughs> However it works, it, <laughs> it ends up happening. That's a, uh, it sounds like it's a lot of work, but it sounds like the payoff is amazing at the same time. Right. Yeah. So uh, you had mentioned, uh, you know, getting people to buy merch or whatever. You got any merch in that's uh, coming pretty soon? I know a lot of people were uh, saying they wanted some merch. So, Oh, man. I get so many messages about that on a daily basis, dude. That's why I made that post because I had a bunch of people sending me texts and DMs about, when is merch coming? Are you making merch for this project? Da, 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 da. I was trying to collab with... Uh, streetwear company to make it but i think this for this specific run i have a design ready i'm not ready to post it i'm gonna give it a couple weeks but it's coming and there will be sweatshirts there'll be t-shirts and stickers and probably masks um I oh hope I can get masks. hell yeah i could use the mask i gotta grow my mask collection you know i i swear quarantine after this whole thing mask fashion is going to be the next thing it i swear to god bands are hopping on it it's going to be the next thing it's already a thing in japan yeah but now it's america so uh, (laughs) fair enough um but yeah so the so merchandise is definitely coming um i'm just deciding on the way that i want to go about it whether i want to have it um kind of do a drop shipping thing or um if i want to ship individual orders myself haven't decided yet we'll see i know for uh when i did merch um all my merch shop is on like teespring or whatever and i had to or i had to order some i had to order some first to be like okay is this going to be worth it like are people going to be paying for you know shit or are they going to be paying for decent quality stuff because i mean it's free for you right you don't have to do anything you upload the stuff and then they do all the work and you get payout with it and it ended up working out really well all the merch came out beautiful or whatever so if you have a if you don't have i a do have a go, it's a good place i i do have a teespring shop open with it does have some merchandise on it um that was made before brooks mm-hmm. um and so I'm a fan of their quality. It's not bad at all. Um, it's just a matter of if I can get it printed, like get a batch of like 40 shirts and a bunch of hoodies and all that stuff made. I would like, I would ideally like to be able to ship it myself so I can kind of write them, write people handwritten notes. Oh, yeah. Um, and things like that. But, you know. So are you uh, thinking about making physical copies of the uh, Brooks album now that it's um, out? I did that with my previous two projects under AJ. I did under, uh, it's like, it's a lot of work to do that. Personally, I'm going to say no for right now, just because there is not the demand for it. Should the demand kind of pop up and I can justify printing a bunch of CDs for it. 
then I definitely, I definitely will. Cause I do, I do think that there's still a market for it. I just want to make sure that I'm doing it at the right time. Yeah. Instead of just dropping it and then like, especially during like the whole quarantine thing where everything's digital anyway, everybody's making it easier where they're not really, you know, driving in the car or whatever, where they would use the CD. They're mainly staying at home. That makes sense. Right. So, uh, right. what new projects do you have coming pretty soon? I know you're constantly working on it. So, do you got anything that's coming out <sighs> soon? Or I'm not gonna say soon. I'm not gonna give. Um, I'm not gonna give a timeline. Just one for myself, but two for anybody that listens. I kind of want them to just kind of see the developments as they happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you the title. The next project that I make will be called Shack Boy. Um, it's because the place that I'm currently living in is literally a six by 10 shed that is like converted into a studio. It's got a futon. It's got a TV, a monitor, my speakers, of course. And that's all I have. Floors are heated and it's got AC. Basically, um... And so that's like my current living situation. It's pretty dope, not going to lie. But because I live in a shack, I'm making this project called Shack Boy. um, And it's just really going to be a fun little getaway from like all of the seriousness and kind of something that I have for myself to tell me to just, you know, relax and wind down and have fun. Ah, just a vibe. And so that's going to be the nature. It'll be. It'll have a lot of different sounds on it, just like Brooks did. Um, but yeah, it's it's gonna be a lot of fun. Is it gonna be a uh, full album, or is it gonna just be like an EP, like a few song EP? Um, I'm thinking right now we're gonna we're looking at between four and six tracks, so an EP for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. We'll see. We'll see what happens with it. I think that four tracks is the move because it makes me feel less rushed. But you know, we'll see what happens because you know sometimes you plan a project one way and it goes the opposite direction and it still comes out the way you want it. So <laughs> not I, I. I have no like. I'm not tied down to any specific idea. I'm willing to do anything if it's going to sound good. That's good. So uh, who's been your favorite artist that you've been able to collab with lately? on any, Or even across the board, who's been your favorite to collab with? Um, well, oh, that's tough. It's between Josiah and Senny. Josiah and I just, I feel like we've never made a bad song and we've i mean we've got 30 songs together 40 or something like that it it's an insane amount of records that we've done together and um every time we get on a track it just comes out well and so we're doing more stuff with trapeze so that'll be coming out um probably within a month so we're going to be releasing new singles and then with seni it's the same thing seni and i complement each other really well um especially like when we're doing things like block me back and so we're working on some other some other cool stuff so yeah it's always it's definitely between Senny and josiah 
Damn. Have you had a uh, favorite song to record? Uh, yes. It's not released yet, though, so I can't say it. Damn. <laughs> Dropping that little bit, just giving us a little tease of it. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's, it's all about it's all the marketing. It's all about the marketing. It's all a piece of it. Yes, exactly. Well, so what have you been up to in uh, quarantine? I know you've been working just in your shack on a shit ton of music, but how's quarantine been uh, treating you with all this? Um, not too bad. I'm not. I'm not mad about it anymore. I used to. I used to be pretty frustrated. Um, but I'm still able to see my girlfriend and her family and my family on a pretty regular basis. So I'm not going stir crazy like I thought I would. Um, I'm doing a lot of art commissions for people. Um, just trying to get my name out there in, a, in a, as many different ways as possible. I'm about to start a car wrapping company. So it's just like all sorts of really oh, random things all over the board, man. Um, and I'll be driving to Texas to go see Josiah, um, help take care of him after he after his spinal surgery. So I'll be driving 20 hours um, next week to Damn. go do that. You're going to be up here. Or down oh, here, yeah. not up here. Why did I say that? Because yeah, you're coming be in from ride. Baltimore, right? From Richmond, Virginia. Richmond, Virginia. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. 20 hours. That's dedication. That's good friendship right there. Yeah, man. It's it, it's something I would do for anybody. Any, any of my friends, I would do that if the situation worked out. That's good. So, uh, I guess we're kind of getting to the end here because I know you got another call. You got to hit up. But, uh, so I guess we'll talk about your infamous tweet you made yesterday talking about <laughs> CHH artists. Uh, so if anybody doesn't know, on his Twitter, he, uh, basically said that CHH artists that, you know, are still kind of big in the CHH community. Uh, that are refusing to work with smaller uh, rappers or whatever, he basically said, you know, you're in a really small niche, so it doesn't really make sense for you to refuse to work with them. Uh, in this case, uh, what is your stance on, like, what constitutes somebody being a small rapper? And in your, if you were in a position of, like, high up in the CHH uh, community, what would be like your limit for rappers or would you even have one? You're saying in regards to what constitutes a small rapper versus a larger rapper. Is that, is that your question? Yeah. In like the community. Okay. Well, in the CHH community, anybody that has 10,000 followers, nine out of 10 times, everybody that listens to CHH knows that person, but that's, you know, 10,000 followers. Cool. Um, even when you're at like four or five, 6,000 followers, it's the same thing. Um, but so the, so, so the nature of what I was saying in that tweet, isn't like me trying to come sideways at like what up RG or Lecrae or, you know, like big artists. I'm talking about people that have the same following that I do on social media and listenership that get a little bit of coverage from a website and 
all of a sudden, you know, it's not about homies anymore. It's not about working with your friends anymore. It's about chasing a check. It's about, you know, getting money. And it's like, you think you're famous because you got posted and you gained a couple followers. And so that's really the nature of that because I, because I have had experiences like that, that it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Um, so I felt like saying something about it. I definitely didn't think it was going to get as many like impressions as it did. So now it's like, uh, I'm screwed either way if I take <laughs> it down or if I leave it up. So I'm just going to leave it <laughs> at this point. But, but, you know, I'm not. I think people should understand where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. So and if, not, and if if not, I will just continue to explain it to people who don't understand yeah because it, it's pretty laid out pretty easily with it so uh with your side on it um that would would you be open to working with someone that's smaller than you in that regard you know like oh with them certainly and so like i said it's a matter of talent if i don't like the song i'm not going to get on it and i don't expect any artist to not like to get on a song that they don't like because why would you want to contribute to something that you don't like? Um, so that's one thing. But if the artist sends me a record that's on it, like that's good, of course I'm going to work with them. Of course I'm going to work with them because I see the talent there. I see the potential for the record. And so, yeah, I'm not opposed to working with anybody. I don't care how big your following is. If your music good, then yeah. I think that's a, uh, I think that's a mindset that's kind of lost in the music industry in general at this point in time. Not even just the CHH community or, you know, the secular community or whatever. That's just across the board. Uh, you hear, like, big metalcore bands that refuse to do any collaboratives with anybody because all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, we're big. We don't need you." whatever and then you right. have like the small ones that are refusing to work with anybody because they're like oh no see i do my own stuff and i only work with the big ones and i think that it's really cool that you know in the music in general we have people like you that are like dude if you're good i'm gonna work with you if you want me on something i would be honored to work with you on something that's a mindset that i think that the music the music in general right now is really lacking in the industry just has a bunch of you know self-entitled pricks that think oh i'm too good for this i ain't gonna work on that and i think it's really cool that you know you first said some called people out on it which is something that takes balls in general and then your stance on it just in general being okay yeah i'll work with somebody if i enjoy what they're working on and if i don't like what they're working on i'm gonna let them know and be like okay i don't like this project but I like this other stuff. So if you ever make something like this, I'll hop on it with you. I think that's a really cool thing. I think that's a, a really stand up right. thing for to have as a trait in your artist life or whatever. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. I swear this entire podcast is not going to be me kissing your ass, but <laughs> it's all good, man. But yeah, dude, that's, that's just really cool and brooks came out beautifully i'm really i'm really happy with how everything came out i didn't know you very much except for the collabs that you'd done with a couple of people but you had done really well oh that's what i was gonna say uh i was listening to um 
what was it? Was it Promise or something? Where uh, you said on this record you really started coming into like more of your singing, the more melodic stuff where you're kind of testing. And I want to tell you on like Promise, you sounded just like Little Uzi, like during some of your parts, you sounded just like Little Uzi. <laughs> I've heard I heard that one. Um, I've heard Lil Uzi. I've heard um, Lil Peep. I've heard X. And I was like, I wasn't going for that vibe, but I will one hundred percent accept it. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was pretty good. That uh, Lil Uzi. If you ever listen to this, um, Jason absolutely wants to collab on that. He sounds just like you, so nobody will be able to tell. It's like a, it's like a Trevor Daniel hopping on with a. Black Bear. Nobody knows who's who on it. Nice little twist. <laughs> but, I love I love Trevor Daniel, so that's really where really where I want to go. No Sounds way, like. really. Mm-hmm. Dude, okay. My first podcast that I did was all about his nicotine album. I listened to that probably sixteen times in a row. It was I agree, so did I. What was your what was your thoughts on it? What was your thoughts on nicotine? There was no skips on it, and that's kind of where I'll leave that. It was, it was astounding to me, and so I think it was very well done. Dude, I could not agree more on that. I literally, every single song had some impact on like how I was thinking or how I was feeling at the time, and I went back and listened to like all of his stuff from like the beginning, and the growth that you hear from his like debut song to this album was crazy. The amount right. of structure and the instrumentation and the um, delivery of everything. It was insane. I feel like he's really starting to nail this uh, blend, kind of like what Little Peep and everything had with like the emo rap or whatever. I think he's starting to mix that blend of rap with uh, singing and stuff. Right. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Yeah. So is there any artist that uh, you think that anybody should look out for? that's coming up aside from you. Yes. I'm going to leave you with this before I go. I have an entire list for you. Oh, hell yeah. All right. Let's hit it. Um, so if you've listened to these artists, then keep listening to them because I just see nothing but growth for them. Um, so obviously Josiah, Josiah, I think is, we are 100% you know equals in our own right and in different um i am consistently astounded by his ability to mix to create art to do to sing and you know all those things he's very a very good artist um my producer reed um has done a ton of production and so eventually you know he'll continue to produce on more things um so if you go to his social media on instagram it's reed bruh and then um on Twitter, it's Prod Read. Um, obviously, Senny. Um, you also have Micah Hampton, who is another producer. Um, he's got a record with Ty Brazel. Um, so, and I think he also has a record with Joey Vontez on it, which is going to be really cool. That's coming out soon. Um, Cam from Cultureville. Uh, K-H-A-M. Greg Hartley. Does not usually make my type of music, but I do see his talent and I see his potential. Um, so he's a very good artist. Um, Lael Turner, a uh, Maryland-based rapper, um, has his own collective um, called Cul-de-Sac. 
Um, and then there are two other artists that are in there with him named, um, one's named No Name Chomsky, and then one is named Jay Donut. Um, both of those guys are also really talented. One of them is a producer. Other one's an, uh, a rapper. Uh, you got Aaron Alba, of course. Uh, um, I'm a... Aaron is awesome. Um, he and I have a have a couple songs that we're working on together right now. Um, Monty the Hokage. Um, he makes like he makes TikTok music. If I had to explain <laughs> his music, I love him, but that's that's what it is. <laughs> um, Stephen Savage. Oh, yes. um, so if you're really looking for some for some really hard hitting raps about God, that's where you're gonna get the that's what you're gonna get from Steven. Those are those are my guys. I love all of them to death. Um they're incredible musicians and you know, I think we're all hitting a point right now where we're all in our pocket. So I think it's we're all just, you know, growing together at the same time. And so when we all pop it's gonna be it's gonna be astounding. Yeah, I'm uh I'm waiting. I know uh Steven just dropped his uh woven album either end of last year or early this year and uh that one is a banger at the bottom everybody's gotta try aaron i've known since uh catalyst back in like 2015 to 16 and he's coming up he's got some stuff he just released his song empires like last week or the week before last Mm -hmm. uh josiah he's on a track with me just released norco shameless plug right there just dropped uh friday you should go try it give it some love but uh yeah, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to watch y'all, and everybody else should be ready to watch. Well, uh, thank you so much. Well, Jason, thank you so much for coming on here and for reaching out again. Uh, I will most certainly be keeping up with everything that you're doing. Hopefully, we can keep up the line of communication because I got some stuff that I'm wanting to work on with you too. So, uh, for sure, man. So, uh, yeah. Good luck. Way to release Brooks and everyone. Go stream it. Go give it some love. He's also got a track called Hyphen that he decided to surprise drop as just a standalone single before. I have never met or seen somebody who was so ballsy as to do that and then release a track that was so banger before an album that just had nothing but straight bars on it. I have never seen that done before. So definitely look out for that go follow him at uh jason music on instagram i'll try and leave it in the description for it but uh jason thanks for coming on it was an absolute pleasure and blast to be able to talk with you i know it was a little scattered a little bit but uh you had the honor of having my first interview so thanks for coming on man thank you so much for giving me the opportunity man thank you so much no problem And uh, everybody, I'll see you next week. Stay safe and uh, stay indoors. Don't go breathe in each other's faces.